Welcome to the Rise to the Challenge podcast. Joy today, he's an author, entrepreneur, speaker, and podcast host. It's JT Jester. How are you doing today, JT? I'm doing great, Alex. Thank you so much for having me on, and uh, I'm excited to be here. We're so excited to have you on the show to talk about your rise to the challenge. What we like to do with all of our guests is go right to the beginning. Talk about a little bit about where you're from and what were you involved in growing up? Yeah. So uh, to give you a little background on my life journey, um, I was born with uh, something called vectoral syndrome. It's a birth defect that affects different parts of your body. And uh, that's sort of where my story starts. It's uh, basically uh, my parents and doctors had expected me to be a healthy born baby. And, uh, and there were some obstacles, some challenges to come my way. And so as my journeys began, uh, the doctors and uh, medical professionals, you know, took to it and, uh, and had to do a lot of different corrections. And so with vectoral syndrome, some of the issues or challenges that you face uh, can be from your GI system. So from the top of your esophagus, all the way down to your anus and uh, from limb deformities, heart problems, kidney problems, um, spinal cord issues. And so with all of these, I only had a few of these and, uh, and that we monitor everything to this day, but, um, for myself, uh, I was blessed with just a few of these challenges. And so the journey began and, uh, the GI system was the first and foremost for me that needed to be taken care of. And, uh, and so the doctors, um, realized that I had something called, uh, tracheoesophageal fistulas, and these are basically endless pathways, uh, in your esophagus that don't attach to anything. And they, uh, my esophagus was, was compromised. And so at birth, this was uh, corrected. And then from there, um, I was born with what they call imperforated anus. Um, and then I had to have a colostomy bag for the first few years of my life. And the journey continued and uh, the medical things continued to pop up as I grew older and as more things arose. Um, I had, uh, most of my GI, um, system was, was repaired at an earlier age and then more things with vectoral syndrome popped up such as uh, tethered spinal cord. And so, um, when I had gotten a little bit older and more of the middle school, high school years, uh, is when I had issues with my spinal cord and, um, had to have what they call, uh, tethered spinal cord surgery. And so, it's where your spinal cord is attached to your sacrum nerves and uh, it's pulling on those nerve ends. And so it's, it's causing different paralysis. And I had a limp and uh, I had loss of bladder control. I had all sorts of issues going on, but um, the doctors said, you know what, we're, this is what we'll have to do. And so we did uh, the tethered spinal cord repair um, where they released the spinal cord from those sacrum nerves. And uh, I was in, very good shape for quite some time until high school when it reattached to the scar tissue. So, um, yeah, so the journey of medical has been a huge part of my life from early on. And, uh, and, you know, we all face challenges in life. And so as you introduced me as author and speaker, I just am thrilled to be able to share my story and share the stories of others in my latest book, uh, my first book is called Untether, which is kind of a life memoir of medical challenges and education challenges and, and, and successes, amazing successes too, that I've been able to accomplish. But 
Um, the first book, um, uh, it talks about those, but the second book is called No Bad Days. And, uh, and this book really highlights, um, you know, other people's life journeys and how they've overcome those hardships in life. When was the first age that you remember these challenges or the conditions that you kind of felt and were understanding what was going on? Yeah, you're right. So at a young age, you know, I always talk about how the caretaker has it the worst, right? And so whether you're taking care of an elderly person or a child, um, the caretaker or, or someone, you know, your own age and, uh, and, and, and being there to take care of them. The mental side of things is so much harder than the, yeah. than being the patient, the physical side. Um, and, uh, and you get through, get through it and I'll get through it at some point. But, um, with that, my parents were the best advocates for me early on and incredible. And so as my journey continued, early on, I think, you know, some of the things that I remember first and foremost that I didn't mention yet is, uh, is what I had to do, um, with the perforated anus and, and, uh, with, uh, I had 18 inches of my colon removed and some other GI stuff. But with that, I remember some of those surgeries more prevalent, um, because of my age. And then also, uh, I had to do what they call a bowel management program every day. And I still, to this day, do it. But at that time, I had to do it uh, through the anus, and uh, it's not pleasant, as you can imagine. But now, with technology and, and uh, science, uh, I have this incredible system um, that I actually have a port in my belly button, and I catheterize myself through the belly button. They took my appendix, attached it to uh, my belly button, and then to my large intestines. And there's where I uh, put in 500 cc's of a glorified enema. And, uh, that flushes out my, my lower GI and I do that once a day and I'm good to go. And, uh, and as, as you could probably see, you know, I am blessed to have amazing health. I mean, yes, I've had these obstacles and yes, I've, you know, have, you know, been spent many days in a hospital room and a hospital bed. Um, but physically I'm very fortunate to be able to do the things I love and, uh, and so in no bad days, I really highlight a lot of those adventures and, uh, and how that, how important they have been to me, um, in, in living life and why they are so important to me. As a kid, were you able to be open with other kids or did you kind of just keep that hidden because you didn't want like your friends to know what's going on or other family members to know what's going on because you just want to be a kid because especially at that age, you shouldn't have to be worrying about all the stuff that's going on. You should just be able to enjoy. Yeah, you're right. Alex, I love that question because there's two parts to that. You know, there's the part of, um, you know, being a kid and then there's also the part of being an advocate and, um, you know, uh, the education piece was a big challenge for me. Um, I dyslexia, uh, and, uh, short-term memory. Um, and I think that the dyslexia, but also the medical, because it's kind of played a role first, uh, in my life. Um, they both taught me that I had to be an advocate. Um, mm-hmm. my parents were first. And then from there, I learned from them and, uh, just how important that is to be able to share with others what's going on in your life. Um, you know, I always like to share how, like, you know, we all have challenges and in the fact that, you know, 
we're all going through something or we all have some obstacle that at, at that point in our life is the hardest thing we're going through. And I talk about how we all have a story that we're writing and uh, every day um, God's helping us write that story. And, uh, and with that, I think that the best thing that has been so beneficial for me is to be able to share that story. Um, You know, I really, you know, as a young kid, I never held back on, uh, you know, at the right moments telling individuals who I trust and, uh, and, you know, have compassion for as well um, is being able to express what I was going through. And in the end, a lot of the times it allowed them to come back and tell me what was going on in their life. And it may have been, a hundred times harder than my, my event at that moment, or it could have been easier, but still, I knew that at that moment, that was what they were going through and we could be there for each other to support each other and carry each other on. Um, but it's important to be a kid too. And, uh, and my parents made sure of that, that I got the ability to enjoy life and go out and, uh, have fun. And they never said no. No was never in their vocabulary. Uh, even when it came to school or physical activities, it was always yes. And uh, and I think that yes is so crucial um, in allowing us to achieve things that we want to achieve and, uh, and, and to carry on in life. So yeah, so I think it is crucial that, to be a child, but it's also important to be um, you know, honest with what's going on because others can you know, have compassion for that. I think I've gone through that similar journey with my conditions that I have, but at that age, when I was young, when I had it and I didn't know anyone that I was going through it. So I felt that I was alone and this was before tech, not technology, but social media in a way. And I didn't figure out the advocacy part and networking with other people with the condition until I got older. And Uh I knew that sharing stories with other people helps me learn more of what I can do, but can help another person maybe going through something similar. What can they do or adapt to? Cause I'm not a doctor, but when you, you talk to someone that's going through that similar journey, you can relate and share a lot that's going on with your condition. Was it rare that someone was going through something similar or <laughs> was there a network of people that you were able to reach out to? Yeah. Well, um, you know, I think that uh, at that time, you know, my parents, I look at them and say, like, how did you find the doctors that we are able to come in contact with and work with? And uh, and because it was a time before the internet really was a yep. thing. And so with that, um, you know, there hasn't been a ton of support systems out there. And I have to say in the last several years, with me being more uh, involved and uh, in doing my research, I have found those support systems and, and they're out there just having to, to go out there and find them. But um, yeah, I, I don't know what you think, but I think that those are crucial and very important. And I, I don't know your whole story um, and I'm sure it's an incredible story. And, but, uh, but have you, what is your thoughts on the, the support side of things as well? So I have type one diabetes and I was in the hospital with bacterial meningitis. And then I found out a week later that I had type one. So two weeks of hospital visits or being in the hospital, I think with the support system, family was always there for me, but I think when you're going through it and it's hard and challenging, obviously doctors 
they they're ex- experts in that field, but I've been able to learn more from other diabetics. And when I'm talking to them and I'm like, let me try it, not completely copy, but adapt to my lifestyle, my things, I've noticed a lot. And when I hear that support system where I still am talking to them today, almost every day, every week, and it just builds the confidence to know that we can fight anything. Nothing's going to yeah. stop me, but I still go to those doctors because they know a little bit d- different stuff, but I think support system, depending on the age, I think if young kids are going through something, have the parents reach out, find like a group or a group that has other family parents that have kids going through that and let them network. If you're an adult, use social media, use networking tools because you'll learn more and you'll feel that support to keep the positive mental mind going. And mental health is so important nowadays with any condition people are going through. Yeah. I love it, Alex. It's it's so true and so powerful. The, that whole support side of things. I, I look at it this way. There's many like mentors of mine who have had uh, physical challenges too, and, uh, or um, health challenges. And I look up to them and have learned from them, even if it's different than what I'm going through. Yep. But um, one thing that I've really tried to set out to do is to show that uh, other children, I'm honestly, I'm, uh, if, I, if I was born a couple of years earlier, I probably would not be here with my conditions. And, uh, and so I'm on the older spectrum of, of vectoral syndrome. So with that, you know, I think like you do with sharing people's stories and what I try to do in the same way is to show parents and show young children and, and people my age too, what is possible when you put your mind to it. As a kid growing up, what activities or what's a passion of yours that you found that kind of kept you excited about getting outside or going to go do something? Yeah. So my biggest passion in life is the outdoors and you know, every time that I had a, what I call a naysayer in my life, you know, JT, you won't be able to read and write like the other kids. JT, with your medical stuff, you won't be able to go camping or you won't be able to ride a snowmobile or ride horses, those kind of things. Um, I found that I could do those things. And, and by putting my best foot forward and just having, honestly, parents that uh, never said no, honestly, they always were making sure it was safe. Mm-hmm. done the right way, but they always, uh, encouraged me to try things. And my thing that I wanted to really pursue because it was the place that I felt the most comfortable. I forgot about the naysayers in life and that was in nature. And so my passions, um, consist of mountaineering, uh, skiing is probably my first and foremost favorite passion. And uh, anything in the outdoors, seriously, from ice climbing to mountaineering to um, endurance sports. I'm training for a 60-mile paddleboard right now. I'm training for uh, 20 uh, rim-to-rim, an event that goes from one side of the Grand Canyon to the other. And uh, and so I'm just – I have found that that's my way to – relax and, and, and realize, uh, you know, what I can do. And by putting my mind to it, you can achieve it. Um, and so in the book, no bad days, uh, it talks about how all these many people have done do this and what they find their passions in and how they have conquered their biggest challenges. And so 
um, I think that that is, you know, really crucial is that you have a passion in life and you can, um, you know, grow in it and you can meet new people. Um, I mean, there's a few subjects in the book that I talk about and, and it's, uh, uh, share your story, learn to fall. And, um, and another one is about finding, uh, you know, your, 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 uh, tribe or your team and, uh, and finding your tribe of people is where your passions come from and being able to be with those people that you want to be around, um, and, uh, and to join in the activities that they do, um, is where you build that tribe. You talked about the Grand Canyons. Are you located in those areas right now? I am not actually. Um, I'm, uh, uh, in, uh, I'm actually in Colorado right now, (laughs) (laughs) out West here right now. (laughs) But, uh, but yes, I, I, uh, I think that, you know, passion is what, uh, drives us to learn new things and, and to succeed. Was there always a dream job that you're wanting? Sometimes we're asked as we're growing up, what is that dream job that we're wanting? What was that for you? You know, um, (laughs) You know, it's funny because my probably one of my first dream jobs was uh, was to be in medicine. Um, with my medical stuff, I always said, you know what, this is I, w- I would love to do something in medicine. Well, with my education side, the uh, school side never came easy to me, and I found out very early on that that would be a very hard achievement. But I could still do something in medicine in a, in a way I could I could help I could. Put, be an advocate. I could uh, start a foundation, and so um, that would I have to say is, was sort of one of my dream jobs. And and now, um, following that passion a little bit, it would be on the uh, support side and the foundation side. I uh, have been able to start a foundation, um, and that foundation is called the JT Mesta Foundation. And we're what we do is we are able to. Uh, uh, fundraise through a lot of these events that I do from the hiking and, and uh, paddle boarding and different adventures. Um, and we raise that money and, and then the money that we come to, uh, to, from our generous donors, we are able to take that and donate it to children's hospital of Colorado, um, which is something that I'm very involved with on uh, the medical side of, of what I have gone through. And so we are able to pay for medical supplies for children with, uh, with the same challenges as well. And then, um, the education front is another aspect we focus on and, uh, and the faith side and, uh, and how that has been an important part of my life. I wanted to be able to give back to that as well. You talked about wanting to be in the medical field and how education was a challenge for you. Was this something that college maybe wasn't the right direction and you wanted to get out there, start creating what you wanted to create right away. Yeah. So I'm going to back up here a little bit and I'll just share a little bit about my education path. Um, first off, I, I think I always wanted to achieve college. Uh, but when you go back to where I started from, um, the medical stuff was always first and foremost. And then the education side came along and I struggled I struggled through first grade all the way to fifth grade, and it was in a school um, that um, 
uh, was a, a great school, but um, at the time it wasn't the fit for me. And uh, I was actually, this is where one of those naysayers in my life said, you know, JT, you won't be able to read and write like all the other kids. And with that, you won't be able to attend the school. But my dyslexia was very severe. I mean, to the point where I didn't want to go to friends' houses because I, you know, wouldn't know what button to push on the remote control to play the game. Or we'd uh, go to dinner and I wouldn't know what to order on the menu, but my go-to was a cheeseburger because everyone had a cheeseburger. And then, uh, you know, from there, another side of it was, you know, I did, which was very important to me is I didn't know the difference some days between the writing of men's room and women's room. And so I didn't even know what bathroom I needed to use when I needed it most. So that's how severe my dyslexia started and, and was. And at that fifth grade mark, when I was told GT, you cannot attend this school anymore, was a, a time that a program came into our life that um, just coincidentally or not coincidentally, the good Lord put it there. Uh, and this, this uh, program um, really took me from a non-reader to a reader. And uh, with that, I went to Denver and, and, uh, and spent time there in, in the school. And then I moved back to Detroit, which is home for me uh, after that rest of fifth grade. And, um, and being back in Detroit, we had intentions to go back to school and uh, in Denver and, uh, and we ended up homeschooling myself and homeschooling myself through the program. And the program took me from, from that non-reader basically almost up to grade level um, in reading at that time through sixth, seventh, and eighth grade. And then that school that I had been asked to leave uh, had a change of administration and they asked me to come back. And so I ended up going through that high school time and having great success. And, uh, and, and with the help of many amazing teachers and, uh, and then getting through that, I, um, you know, had kind of always thought, you know, college was maybe out of the picture at that point. And uh, when I went to high school, then I realized maybe this is in the picture again. And from there, um, I was able to go on to High Point University in North Carolina and graduate there. Um, And so, you know, the education side was, the medical was a challenge, and then the education was, but you know, there's, there's a reason for those naysayers. There's a reason for those things to happen in our life. And looking back at it, you know, I have learned so much from it and been able to um, apply it to what I'm doing now to, uh, to, you know, with the writing of books and with the different programs that I'm, you know, involved with and stuff too. So, um, you know, school has now been a success. (laughs) What was the study of choice when you went to High Point? A business administration. Do you feel that business administration was key to learning everything that helped you create your foundation? Because it gave you the knowledge and kind of the background, then jumping right into it and not understanding the business side of it. Yeah, no, it definitely uh, was very um, helpful in a lot of ways in what I do and stuff. Um, And you know, the school I went to, uh, High Point University, I, I could talk all day about, but it is uh, has so many amazing programs, amazing people that um, have been a huge influence on what I'm doing now. 
and a huge support um, and, and encourager too. So um, I, I give a lot of thanks to High Point and, and the teachers and the degree and everything. Looking at the foundation, you mentioned all the different activities that you have been doing to raise money. Is there one activity that is on that bucket list that you're hoping to do to help spread awareness, raise money for a good cause? Yeah. So some future bucket list items. Um, I mean, in my first book, you can read my bucket list and quite a few of those have been checked off, but I think a bucket list is so cool to have. Um, and I call it a bucket list, but whatever you want to call it. <laughs> and, uh, and so with that, my bucket list is always growing. I think, I think I add more to it than I subtract, <laughs> but at the same time, uh, checking off those things, um, uh, gives you a sense of accomplishment, but also, uh, it's a learning experience, each one of those things. Um, so to your question, um, what are some of my bucket list items? Um, I told you how I love climbing and so an and endurance events. And so, uh, in the endurance side of events, I, I've loved climbing mountains, um, 14ers here in Colorado, Mount Kilimanjaro, in Tanzania, Africa. And then I've gotten into the endurance space most recent and uh, in learning more about that. And some of the events coming up will be endurance uh, events, the, the paddleboard, the, uh, the, the rim to rim to rim um, of the Grand Canyon and, uh, and, and more climbs to come. I'm, I'm hopeful and, and sure they will come. See, I agree with the bucket list. I don't feel like I'm subtracting anything. I feel like I see something every day. I'm like, oh, just add it to the list. That's like, good. <laughs> I, my friends and I just, we just share these and we're like, uh, how, how many items are on your list? Can't count anymore. But you mentioned paddleboarding <laughs> and that has been something I've been enjoying every time I go to Florida. And That's awesome. I look at those endurance events like kayaking and things like that. And even like when you see the Olympics, like the white water stuff that, I mean, to me, that looks like a fun challenge to try. Yeah. I mean, I got to start training like now to do those, but to me, it just looks like fun things and like endurance activities are something that's increasing in people's interest because it gets people outside, gets them to enjoy and challenge and test themselves. Totally. Did you, you talked about these endurance activities do you feel that you're an athlete on the inside? Do you have that inner athlete in you that is always challenging yourself to become the best version of yourself? Yeah. Yeah. And I think, uh, you know, it's a mindset, um, mindset's huge. You know, if you, if you want to be something, you know, set your mind yep. to it and you will achieve it in some capacity. Um, and, uh, you know, I, I, I just got done with this great interview uh, recently with a, with a fighter pilot um, who uh, is a friend of ours and he, um, you know, explained it well, you know, mindset is, is where, you know, you, you put your best foot forward in what you're doing. Um, And, you know, for, for me, you know, I don't know, but physically, I don't think that a fighter pilot is something that I could, you know, do or achieve, but I can put my best foot forward and try. And, uh, and, and, and for him, he is, he is that person, but he's not, you know, he's not going to be the quarterback on the, on a football team or something like that too. So it's, it's a lot to do with mindset. And, uh, and for me, um, I'd like to think that, uh, that, you know, I, I put my best foot forward in all sorts of activities and in the sports side, and that's, that's my goal. 
as a speaker, what's the biggest thing you're wanting to share or accomplish or feel a reaction or impact when you're doing these speaking opportunities? Yeah. You know, um, I think the biggest thing for me um, is I want people to know that their story matters and that we all have a story to share. And, uh, and, you know, I talk a lot about storytelling and, and stuff. And then I also talk a lot about our challenges, which we've been talking about today, mine, but in the book, it talks about tons of people's. And, um, one of the greatest lessons I learned about, um, uh, challenges, it was, was learning to fall. And it's a, a chapter in my book and it revolves around a guy, his name's Ladislav and a dear friend of mine who's actually has introduced me to all these different things from endurance sports, uh, it was a ski coach of mine. That's how we first met. And that first day we met, Lottie, uh, you know, came up to me. He said, JT, I've been skiing for years. And he said, JT, we're going to learn to fall today. And we got on the chairlift and went up to the top of the mountain. And he said, JT, we're going to fall to the left. We're going to fall to the right. We're going to fall center. And so we were doing this and he was doing it, demonstrating. And then I followed behind him and, uh, and, so while we were doing that, I was like, why are we doing this? I just want to learn how to ski better. And uh, I already know how to ski. I don't need to learn how to fall. And, uh, and so it was something that I realized towards the end of the day was like, this is actually a huge benefit for me. I'm learning how to prevent a fall by falling and, and learning how the body reacts, learning how to, when you do fall to get out of it and, and, uh, stay away from getting injured. And, uh, and, and with that, I'm also building this team, this friendship with Lottie and, uh, and this, you know, we're falling together. So, you know, I think that what I try to have people come away with is that we are going to fall in life and we're going to have our challenges. Um, and that's just part of our story. And the, the most crucial part of that is that we get back up and that we have that tribe in place to help us get back up. And Lottie was my tribe that day and continues to be. I feel like I could be an expert at falling when skiing because I'm so used to just tipping over, going like making those sharp turns and then tumbling <laughs> and stuff. I'm like, well, this is easy if I can do that. I mean, I just need to learn how to make it to the bottom of a hill in one piece, basically. Yeah, that's what I do. <laughs> I love it. I love it. So what does the future look like for you? You have a podcast, you have a lot of great things going on. What, what are you hoping to accomplish in the next few years, both personally and professionally? Yeah. So on the personal side, I definitely say uh, adventure, um, finding more adventure. Uh, and, and then um, with that would be endurance sports. Um, it's a new area for me and I'm enjoying it. Uh, but, um, but I also have to say on the, the work front and what I'm doing here uh, is just spreading the word that, you know, we're, we're not alone with our challenges and uh, that we have people here to support us. And I think, you know, you can agree with this probably, like us as in, in the medical side of things. When we think of challenges, immediately my mind goes to medical, but, uh, but there's so many different challenges out there. Um, relationship challenges, uh, uh, you know, the medical, the education, the 
all kinds of things, uh, physical, everyday life, uh, financial. And, uh, and I think that, you know, my goal with uh, what I'm doing is to continue to spread the word of you're not alone. And by doing that, I, you know, my, my goal is to continue growing in the public speaking realm um, and sharing people's stories. Uh, and that comes down to like what you're doing with your podcast. And my goal with my podcast is uh, that we all have a story and uh, to continue writing. I have a few other uh, things that we're working on right now and uh, putting together and some of them to deal with the foundation and uh, in, in children's hospitals. And so to continue to grow the foundation is another big goal of mine. The final question I'll ask you for someone that's listening to this interview based on your journey and experience, what tips or advice would you give them to overcome obstacles, accomplish their goals and rise to the challenge? Yeah. Um, well, I love that question. Um, you know, finding your tribe, finding that person in your life that is going to tell you to keep moving, keep going. Um, I have many of those people in different realms of my life and, uh, and I'm sure you do too, Alex. And, you know, for example, I mean, just doing a podcast like you're doing, um, you know, there's some times where it's like, am I doing, am I doing the right thing? Like, do it, do I keep interviewing people? And, uh, and it's that one person that comes back and says, you know, I learned something very vital from that, or, you know, it changed my outlook on life from what that person said. And uh, those are reassurance is like in life um, that you're doing the right thing, but also uh, those people that are going to tell you, you know, to keep going um, when the going gets tough and, uh, and, you know, those can come from your friends and your family and, uh, and put your best foot forward. You know, you always got more in your tank. You can always keep going. Well, JT, I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and talking about your rise to the challenge. You're inspiring so many people and we're excited to see what the future looks like for you. Well, thank you so much, Alex, for this opportunity and, uh, and for letting me come on. Tune in next time to hear my next guest talk about their rise to the challenge. Remember to follow, subscribe on all major audio platforms. And make sure you subscribe to our YouTube channel to see the full-length episode in video format. What path do you take to accomplish your goals? You decide.